Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Again, thank you so much for joining with me on the Word Podcast. We continue just going through and examining what the Scripture says about the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're at a portion of the Scripture right now which is so, so, so familiar uh, to many of us. And again, let me just give you a word of encouragement that don't let that familiarness of familiarity uh, rob you of what the Lord may be wanting to speak to you right now, what He may be wanting to bring out. A lot of times there will be little nuances, little things you've never seen before, something He wants to remind you of. But you know how it is. Sometimes when we hear something that we're so familiar with, we get just rather either jaded with it or we're sort of uh, deaf or blind to what's being said or what's, what we can see from it. So we're at Luke chapter 2. And uh, one of the places you hear this all the time is in the uh, the great Charlie Brown Christmas story from the 1960s. <laughs> Remember that TV show? And there's a great, uh, just the point of the whole 30-minute uh, program is that Charlie Brown's so frustrated with the commercialism of Christmas. And he finally says, can anybody tell me what Christmas is all about? And Linus says, yeah, I can tell you, Charlie Brown. And he's standing there on the stage with his blanket and his thumb in his mouth. <coughs> and he, uh, all of a sudden, the lights go out and the spotlight hits him. And he starts quoting Luke chapter 2. And it's great because there have been millions and millions of people that have heard this portion of the Scripture through that cute little cartoon TV show. And so I want us to sort of take our time through this and just sort of meditate upon it and say, Lord, show us what's going on here. So this is Luke chapter 2, verse 1. Now, in those days... Uh, which begs the question, what, in, in which days? Well, we've been looking at Luke chapter 1, and remember that Luke was writing in a chronological order, and he had just finished giving the account of what occurred with uh, the birth of John. Now, you'll see this in Scripture quite often. Uh, he he gave the whole account, you know, with Elizabeth and Zacharias and Mary and what occurred in the birth of John. So he tells that story. Now he's backing up. And he's going to tell the story of Jesus. And Jesus was a contemporary of John. They were born very, very close together, okay? okay, Six months apart, as a matter of fact. And we've seen that from what we've seen in the first chapter. But a lot of times people will say, well, if it's in chronological order, then why didn't you include this back in the other? No, they'll start an account, then they'll finish that account, then back up and pick up another portion of the same storyline. So that's what we're doing now. Now, in those days, in the days of Zacharias, Elizabeth, John the Baptist, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. And so this decree comes forth, and the inhabited earth means the inhabited earth of which they were aware. It means the area where they lived. It doesn't mean the inhabited earth on the other side of the uh, the earth, okay? It means right there within that region. It means within the domain of Caesar Augustus where he had power and authority. Caesar Augustus did not have power and authority in China in India, okay? But he did have power and authority over certain regions, and over the region where he ruled, he wanted a census. He wanted to know how many inhabitants were there. So verse 2 tells us this was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. So that's a very defined time period right there. We know exactly when that was. And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Now, I want you to just think about this just for a moment. You know, And some, uh, when you see varied accounts of this, um, you'll see a little nuance brought out. And I don't think it's really a nuance, but it's just something we don't think of. 
more than likely the people were not too excited about this. Don't you think? That everybody's lives were being disrupted and they were having to return to their own city where they were born, okay, to be counted. I know that where we lived, that would not go over very well. And there would be a great deal of resistance to this, okay? And it was not a, a comfortable thing at all. And it was not a convenient thing at all for the entire populace. You know, they just couldn't mail in a card. They had to go back where they're from. And so this was a thing that was very disruptive to the kingdom, to the domain of good old Caesar Augustus right here. But you know how Caesars are. They can be like that. Verse 4 tells us this. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David. Well, that gives us a lot about his genealogy. It tells us where he was. tells us what he had to go through. Tell him which tells us which Bethlehem he went to. And there was at least two places called Bethlehem. Bethlehem means city of bread, house of bread. So Joseph, they're in Galilee, they're in Nazareth. They leave from there, they go to Judea, they go to Bethlehem because he was from that house in the family of David. Well, why? Verse 5, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. So she's with child, they're engaged, and yet they're not married yet. And you think, well, I wonder if that caused some kind of hubbub. Well, you reckon? Sure it did. It was highly embarrassing to them all the way around. There would have been people that would have said, hey, we need to sort of you know, take some stones for them and do them in according to the law because obviously they've been doing things they should not have been doing. And you said, no, no, everybody would have believed Mary's account. Really? Everybody would have believed, uh, it's really not Joseph. I've never had relations with a man, and I'm expecting by the hand of God because an angel appeared to me. I don't think that would go over with a lot of people. And I think the scripture sort of verifies this because more than 30 years later, more than 30 years later, there's a portion of the scripture that brings out a little account. And it's talking about how the uh, religious rulers uh, referred to Jesus and they called him the supposed son of Joseph. The supposed son of Joseph. Well, what does that tell us? That tells us that more than three decades later, they're, they're still saying, and we know that you're a bastard child. We know how you came about. And that whole thing about being of God is nothing. You know, that, that, that's sort of the attitude is here. So Joseph goes up with Mary. They go, she's with child, and she's great with child. How do I know that? Because what it says in the next verse, while they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. So that means that they started out when she is just about to give birth. They get there, the days are completed, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. You will see that stylized in any number of ways through music and drama and plays and things like that. But uh, there's some interesting things right here. Uh, did Mary and Joseph know what was happening? Well, sure they did. Did Mary and Joseph go, once they realized what was happening, did they go back to the Old Testament, to the Scriptures, to see what it said about coming Messiah? You know, we don't have an account of that, but I suspect they probably did. Would that not have been our response to find out everything we could that was had been prophesied about Messiah? And they would have seen that one of those prophecies was that he would be born, I think Micah says this, in the city of Bethlehem. 
that he would be born there. And then all of a sudden, here comes this decree, this census, and says everybody's required to go to Bethlehem. You know, I think they likely knew that they were in the hands of God, that they were living in the timing of God. And here we go. God uh, has given reason for us to pack up and go. And when we go, go down there and pack up, we believe that this is going to happen. And it did. Verse 6 tells us this. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. And she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Why was there no room in the inn? Because everybody was, was being brought back to be counted. But the Lord had a place for him, a manger, a feed trough, okay? a place that would be the most humble of the most humble to where the Savior of the world, a Messiah of all mankind, would be born. Did the Lord know about this? Absolutely. He knew about it before he spoke anything into existence. Is that not wild? I'll tell you what, in the meanwhile, read through those first seven verses of the second chapter of Luke. I'll see you next time.